Hello and welcome to the British English Podcast. Today, I'm very excited to introduce or perhaps reintroduce you to Joel from the YouTube channel Joel and Leah. This episode is an extended one as we have a sponsor, so we can thank them for giving you more listening practice today. And we explain what Joel's content focuses on in the conversation. But before we get into it, I just wanted to say that I got Joel on here because he has been documenting cultural differences, particularly between the UK and America, in a really fun and entertaining, uh, light-hearted way for quite some time now. So he's got a wealth of knowledge to help us better understand what it is to be British and what he finds different about American culture. So strap in and enjoy a conversation between Joel and myself. And as I said, this episode is sponsored. Now, this sponsor is incredibly beneficial to any language learner, and I encourage everyone to listen up. But if you are a premium or academy member of the British English podcast, then you can listen to the sponsor-free version of this episode on the website. So head over to thebritishenglishpodcast.com, sign in and enjoy that version there. But yeah, I love telling people about these types of opportunities and I hope this sponsor is of interest to you. And again, as this episode is sponsored, I've given you a slightly longer free worksheet and I've extended this episode from about 20 to 30 minutes. So grab that free worksheet in the link below or over at thebritishenglishpodcast.com and enjoy reading along. Hello, Joel. How are you doing? Hello. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well, thank you. Yes. All the better for seeing you. That's that's a phrase that my grandmother um, used to say, actually. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Quite a nice phrase, yeah. that, isn't it? It is. That's quite a classic. I'd say I would associate that with the older generation. Like you say, your grandma, maybe my parents' generation. But I've never really thought about the true meaning behind it. It's just something that people say. Yeah. It's a, it's a heartwarming one, hopefully, for yeah. most people. Yeah. 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 I'm feeling better for being in your presence. That's a nice thing to say. So thank you for exactly. saying that to me. <laughs> You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Yeah. So how long has it been for us since we last spoke? I think it was about three or four years ago. Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. So uh, we did a collaboration on our YouTube channels, didn't we? So your YouTube channel is called... It's called Joel and Leah. At the time, I think it was called Being British with Joel and Leah. Ooh. And now it's just Joel and Leah. Um, but we did, yeah, collab with you and Harry on Real English with Real Teachers. Met up, filmed a few videos, had a great time. But it was in public. It was in a bar slash pub. And we were setting up cameras and microphones. I think the people there were a bit like, what's going on? It was a bit odd. And I felt like we had potentially forced you into it because we went with the mindset of, you know, we've got to make the most of this. We've taken a day off our teaching. But I think you guys were like, maybe, oh, should we get to know them before we agree to make any material? <laughs> so I felt I mean, bad after, think, after forcing you to do it. I was like, oh, God, did they, did they want this? No. Do you know what? You shouldn't worry about it. We definitely don't have any thoughts about it. And I can't quite remember. But I do think it sounds like us. We're very, I mean, you guys 
have real jobs where you teach English. Leah and I were full-time YouTube, so we're like, we've got all the time in the world. Whereas, like you said, you're like, oh, I, we kind of need to like make it worth it <laughs> for coming. Well, and you were back from Germany, weren't you? So it was a, a big that's deal. That's right. Yeah, mm. yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's probably why. Um, so you're full-time YouTubers, and your channel is focused primarily on culture, which is the big reason why I was like, oh God, I've got to get you on the channel or on the podcast, sorry. Um, so what kind of culture are you focusing on? So our main channel, the John Lear channel, it traditionally sort of started, I've got a background in linguistics. I studied English linguistics at university. So we started making a few videos um, similar to what you do, teaching sort of English or synonyms or phrases and things like that. Um, but gradually segued more into the British culture side of things, um, hence why we were called Being British. But over time, we realized that lots of people were interested in what we thought about America and two seemingly very similar cultures, but they're actually very different. And there's so many differences between people from the UK and people from America. So we just chat about those things. And um, that is what our channel looks like now. If you go on our channel, it's all to do with America and England basically yeah yeah I was having a look and there's so many interesting videos like you you really do your thumbnails and your titles very well I'm I'm very keen to click on all of them it's good well yeah. thank you that's working yeah. then yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so as you said two seemingly um similar cultures but actually mm. very different and because of that you've been able to make so much content about American and British differences maybe we mm. can we can get into that but before we do are you so you're from the UK obviously where 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 were you born and where were you where were you raised I was born in Cambridge but I didn't spend long there my parents then moved further down south to Southampton which is right on the south coast of England um so my existence has purely been around the south all my family are based in the south I have maybe a few in the midlands but no northern family members sadly okay okay down in the south yeah mm. yeah and can you remember much of Cambridge no, no, not really. I went back there in 2020, just before the pandemic started. So got that was my last trip. I went to Cambridge and explored it. Don't remember any of it, but it's a lovely city. And I could imagine moving there one day. I was like, maybe I should move back to Cambridge because it's really nice up here. Um, and so I'm, I'm from Surrey. And yes. I, I want you to try and, um, if you will, explain what a Surrey boy is to to most people in the UK could you do um, that for me yeah I could do it I mean I don't want to be rude um <laughs> now I'm going to tell you a bit about today's sponsor but to keep your attention I'm going to include nine advanced native expressions and at the end of the promotion I will define them hmm okay so this episode sponsor is offering you a wonderful opportunity to inject a mammoth amount of motivation into your English studies for a period of three months to break beyond your current level of English. Pretty good, right? How are they offering this motivation, I hear you ask? Well, get ready to psych yourself up because if you complete all of the classes you sign up for, you will be rewarded with 50% cashback. It sounds too good to be true, but it's simple. If you attend all your classes in the three-month period, you get this massive reward. And don't worry, these guys aren't some new kid on the block. 
I've been working with this company for several years now and over 40,000 people have already taken part in this opportunity. So who is it? What is it? It is the Lingoda Language Sprint. Lingoda is the number one trusted online language school that offers online language classes with real teachers. And I can guarantee that this sprint is one of the best ways to find that speaking confidence that we'd all give our right arm to have when using a foreign language. And why can they give us this speaking confidence? Well, it's because of what they offer in their language sprint. So let me tell you about it. So in the sprint, you can choose to do the sprint or the super sprint. The super sprint is 30 classes a month for three months. And the sprint is 15 classes a month for three months. And if you attend all of your classes, you'll get 50% cash back. And by the way, you can join the sprint in English, German, French, Spanish, and business English. And when I was studying Spanish with them, I was taken aback by how small the online classes were, averaging two to three students with a maximum of five and with the 24-7 availability of classes. Also, the teachers aren't just random native blokes from Craigslist claiming all sorts. These guys know how to get the job done. They've been trained well and I made a great connection with the teachers I had which made me excited for each upcoming class because it was it was fun. And not only was it fun, but the curriculum was uh, structured yet interesting. And you can even choose what topics you want to talk about by booking the relevant classes. And I also really loved how you could prep for the lesson beforehand with the slides ready and available at any time. So uh, you could pretend it's the first time you've looked at the lesson with all your peers, you know, pretending you're a lazy student and acting cool. But secretly, you've been poring over it for a couple of hours and you know exactly what's coming up. So you feel prepared and you can act cool. But yeah, shh, we don't need to tell them. It's a secret between you and me and however many other people listen to this episode. All right, enough of this amazing opportunity for now. I will tell you how you can join the Lingo de Language Sprint later on and when this one kicks off. But if you are super keen, check it out in the link below. And uh, I wonder, did you pick up on the advanced native expressions that I used? Hmm. So let me see. The first one, um, it wasn't really an expression, just a colourful way of saying to give you a lot of encouragement, which was to inject a mammoth amount of motivation, to give you a lot of encouragement, to inject a mammoth amount of motivation. A mammoth is that hairy animal that looked a bit like an elephant that is unfortunately extinct until the scientists make Jurassic Park a reality. Not that it's technically a dinosaur. Let's not, you know, dinosaur fans, you don't need to comment and tell me it's not a real dinosaur. I know that it's just a long time ago, so that's why I said it. But it's weird, actually, thinking about uh, the fact that we can't use the word elephant in the same way to mean extremely large. He had a mammoth amount of food. He had an extremely large amount of food, but you wouldn't say he had an elephant amount of food. That would, that would sound very strange. So, yeah, just stick to the word mammoth for that kind of thing. Inject. Inject motivation is, as you might imagine, just like using the idea that it's like a drug and that you administer it with a, a syringe, and then it's instant. It's like, woo, got it. Uh, the next advanced phrase was to psych yourself up. 
for something, which means to try to make yourself feel confident and, and ready for a challenge. And then and the next uh, phrase was uh, the new kid on the block. So the new kid on the block, imagine a new family have moved in to your street and the child in that family, they are the new kid on the block. Uh, the block is an area between roads like Americans always use. You know, they might say, I can't believe I had to walk five blocks to the nearest subway station. My God. I'd give my right arm to be able to do accents properly. I know that one was terrible, but I would certainly give my right arm to be able to do any accent in the world because I, I love being I, I love the idea of being able to imitate accents. So I said my right arm. That was the, the next phrase, meaning I'd be happy to lose my arm, which is pretty important, especially my right arm, because I'm I'm right handed. And that makes me think that left handed people should adopt the phrase to give their left arm. But they don't. We, we just use to give your right arm to do something or have something, which means you'd sacrifice a lot to get or do something. Yeah, you'd sacrifice a lot to get something or do something. And it's a nice phrase. I like it. I encourage you to use it. Then I said to be taken aback. And this means surprised. Another one, I said a bloke. A bloke is a guy or a man. Uh, Craigslist is an American classified advertisements website. And, and most people joke about it being where serial killers manage to meet their victims. And all sorts means all types of things. And the last one was pouring over. Yeah. Uh, pouring over something which means to look at or study something in detail so there we go nine advanced native expressions for you and let's get back to the conversation yeah i could do it i mean i don't want to be rude um <laughs> I'm, I'm very comfortable with the stereotypes i think it's good for people to better understand like what people assume of people within the uk yeah. when they meet them and I think mm. that a, a good start for me is to, you know, judge me before I start judging other people. Well, I will say that whilst we weren't recording, I guessed that Charlie was either from Hertfordshire or Surrey. And it turns out it was Surrey. So I got it right the second time. Yeah. And the only reason I think that is you're very well spoken. You're, you speak kind of, I guess this job is perfect for you because I imagine people that learn English as a second language would love to sound like you. You sound like the typical British man, I think. Right. So in my head, I was like, Surrey, because Surrey, they're very well to do there. They tend to be quite well off in Surrey. So they're brought up well with good ed education. But the stereotype, the sort of negative stereotypes of Surrey boys, I think they tend to be a bit wannabe Londoners, firstly, that most Ooh. Surrey boys would be like, yeah, I'm from London. It's like, are you really or are you from Surrey? Because uh, if you're from London, that makes you cool. If you're from Surrey maybe a little less cool. And also I would associate Surrey with boarding schools. So lots of money staying at boarding school, very posh. And um, that's not what, that's not the vibes you give off just to be clear, but that is what I assume <laughs> Surrey yeah, no, boys to be like. Most people are instantly like private school. You, you, you went to a prep school, obviously, Charlie. I'm very, I don't know why I'm happy I guess just because it's the contrary, but I went to a state school and I'm very proud of the fact that I went to a state school. It was a <laughs> lovely state school, I'll add. Yes. Um, and my dad was a teacher at a private school and I would go to a lot of their trips and stuff. But mm -hmm. yeah, 
my parents got lucky on the re- on real estate. That was that was the only reason that we're in Surrey, basically. Um, well, exactly, it's just yeah. as expensive as London now. Some parts, yeah, 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 unbelievable. Crazy. Okay, so that's that's a good assumption. Yeah, I would I would guess that that's what people think of Surrey people. Is there a stereotype of Southampton people? I'm not sure. Uh, well, because Southampton's in Hampshire, so I'm a Hampshire boy. But I think, to be honest, I think you and I probably sound very similar and probably have similar experiences. So that's why it's not fair, really, to judge people on where they're from in the UK, because I suppose most of us from the South kind of sound very similar. But no, because I think that this Hampshire stereotype is that we all sound like farmers. And for anyone that doesn't know what that sounds like, I guess it would be like a Bristol accent, which is like, they sound a bit like that and they, they have hard R's. So instead of saying car, they'll say car um, and things like that. And I don't sound like that. I sound like this. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Pulling on your um, accent training through your acting. Yes. Works? Yeah. Well, I went to drama school, trained as an actor, and then YouTube has sort of taken over from that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm not the best at accents, but thank you. That's very kind. <laughs> Good. Um, I was trying to do an accent this week for a little episode I did of my imaginary uh, scenes that I'm creating of um, a little pub conversation. So I've oh, nice. I've always wanted to record normal conversations that Brits are having in their in the pub, but mm-hmm. audio is normally atrocious, and the yeah. conversation would get a bit stale I think if people knew that they were being recorded so I've Mm. been trying to recreate some sort of fictitious scenarios and I've been putting on a really bad um East London accent and and overdoing a really tough kind of posh accent and those are the only (laughs) two that I seem to be able to do but I'd love to be able to do them so maybe we'll talk about accents towards the end of this Remember that this episode, just like every single other episode on this show, comes with a free worksheet where you get to see some of the best native expressions that come up in this very episode, along with definitions made for you, a non-native learner. I've even designed it so that you can play the podcast episode on the same page as the free worksheet. It's super user-friendly, so head over to thebritishenglishpodcast.com right now and check out the free podcast worksheets or simply click on the link that says free podcast worksheets in the show notes of this episode. But um, yeah. as you were saying about like the, the British way of being, or sorry, the, the Surrey stereotype um, being slightly posh let's let's uh, go across the atlantic mm-hmm. and look at some of the american stereotypes what would you what would you go to straight away like as a as an obvious place to start with that you think is what people think of as america hmm now i think i mean there's so much but my go to first one is just friendliness and i feel like there is a general stereotype that Brits are very polite people and maybe Americans maybe are slightly less polite. But for me, it's been the complete opposite, where, whereas, where I think that if you come to London, for example, on holiday, you might find that people are maybe a little bit colder. People don't really talk to you. They don't really make eye contact. Whereas going to America, and from my experience, no matter really where you go in America, people tend to be very friendly and they talk to you even if you're a stranger. They greet you when you walk into shops, and uh, they just tend to be a lot more friendly. And they did you find that they liked your accent? 
Yeah, I think it really helps having a British accent in America. Um, it, there are some miscommunications sometimes. For example, the word water is a common one. Americans don't tend to pronounce the T. Maybe it's a D like water. So if you say a water, they're like, they don't know what that is. Um, but equally, I think they find it charming. So that's yes. good. Yeah, I, I completely agree with what you've said. I had to um, adopt a water kind of approach when yeah. I was living because I was living in Ohio I don't know if, if I oh, ever wow. told you that no I didn't I lived, know that I lived in Columbus for about a year and a half mm -hmm. um so it was it was really like true America I feel like yeah yeah and you must they, have had they, lots of those instances then of of miscommunications or uh things like that yeah yeah I remember CVS the pharmacy whenever you walked in they'd always be so friendly to you instantly mm. And they've got this different culture in the shops of having somebody greet you. We don't have that in the yeah. UK, do we? No, you're lucky if you get anyone saying like hello to you as you walk in. And it tends to yeah be a very American thing. No matter what store you walk into, like you said, whether it's a pharmacy, whether it's a clothing store, whether it's high end or whether it's a quite a cheap clothing store, they tend to have a host or someone greeting you as you come in, which personally I don't like <laughs> ah, because I think it... I feel like it puts pressure on me to buy something. And I don't know if it's the Britishness in me where I'm suddenly like, oh no, I'm being watched. They're now expecting me to buy something. Whereas they're probably just thinking, I'm just being friendly. I'm just saying, hello, if you need any help, let me know. But to me, I, I'm just like, please just ignore me. I just want to walk in and have a look and then leave. <laughs> I think that's, I think you've, you've um, exampled a good difference there. We don't like to be bothered or we don't like to mm. uh, bother people, do we? Yes. Yeah, exactly. I, we don't want... In my opinion, yeah. I guess you're sharing the same opinion, but don't want to put mm -hmm. words in other British people's mouths. But I feel like if we're inconveniencing people, then that's, that's not good. No, definitely. I 100% agree. And I think that is also why we're known for saying sorry quite a lot. Um, we're mm -hmm. very apologetic. So if someone sort of gets in your way and you're trying to squeeze past, um, you'll end up being the one saying, sorry, 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 I just need to get through, sorry. Whereas Americans would just be like, excuse me, and they would move out the way and you'd move through without, there'd be no apologizing in that situation. Whereas I feel like we're quite apologetic because we don't want to bother anyone or inconvenience anyone. Exactly, yeah. Um, so do you feel like you noticed any differences in the people that you met in America and the way that you would interact with them like outside of business and retail and stuff like the, the friends that you made and the connections that you had did mm. you did you see any difference in the way that you communicate with them and like what they like to talk about and what they would necessarily focus on other than you know what British people do well I feel like from from the American friends that I have they were very easy to make friends with firstly the interaction was very simple they're very open and um whereas in the uk i feel like you need a chance you need something in common to be able to make friends with someone so you either need to bump into each other regularly every day for weeks before you can start talking or it's through a friend of a friend or oh i know that person and you know that person therefore let's be friends whereas in america i feel like you can just make friends with a stranger or someone you've only met a couple of times and I feel like they're very open to conversation topics as well. So this might be going off on a tangent, but I feel like as Brits, we know that we never really talk about money. 
and we don't really like talking about politics. We sort of steer clear of anything that is sort of a contentious point. Um, whereas in America, I feel like they're a lot more open and that makes them easier to talk to, I think, because they're, they tend to come across, um, yeah, like an open book as opposed to a closed book. Yeah, I agree. That's making me think of, um, there's a, there's a TikTok account. I think I've said this before on this podcast. Apologies if you're hearing this twice, listener. But um, there's a TikTok account in America where this guy goes up to really fast or, or, or really nice cars. And he says, what do you do for a living? Mm, Have you seen that? Yeah. yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, it's great. And I don't think that that would work in the UK. They would be like, mind your own business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Any thoughts on it? why? I think Americans are, maybe it's to do with the American dream. In my head, that's what it's to do with. That the American dream is that anyone can come to the USA and make a living for themselves, can go above and beyond. They can achieve everything they've ever dreamt of, money-wise, fame, success, popularity, whatever it is. Everyone has the equal opportunity to do that. And I think because of that, people are very proud of their achieve achievements. And they're like, I came from nothing. And now I earn a million pounds per year. And with that, I've just bought a brand new car. And I've done this and look how well I've done. And I think other Americans clap them and they're like, well done, you've done so well. That's so inspiring. Whereas in the UK, we kind of view that to be very arrogant and boastful. If someone was to say, I earn this much money, and I've got this car, we'd be like, why are you boasting about that? Like, don't talk about that. That's it's not coming across very well. And I just think it's completely different attitudes to success and wealth in the US. Yeah, agreed. All right, I'm back to give you the lowdown on how and when to join the Lingoda language sprint. But as I did before, I will be peppering the promo with advanced language, just like uh, that word pepper. So even if you have no interest in hearing about a brilliant way to increase your English speaking skills, you will learn a number of useful expressions. So listen up to pepper, pepper something to um, yeah, spray, to give, to include a lot of randomly, like to pepper something, you know, you pepper your food, it comes down in random bits. Yeah, I'm going to pepper this promo with advanced language. Anyway, so the Lingoda Language Sprint starts on August 2nd, 2021. But you need to sign up before July 16th. Yes, July 16th. That's the last time you can sign up. Both the Sprint and the Super Sprint require a 49 euro deposit. But if you use my voucher code BEP, as in British English podcast, BEP or BEP, or click the link below, then you will get 20 euros discount on that deposit. Now, the payments you need to make are in three installments throughout the three months. So there's no need to feel like you need to rob a bank to be able to pay all the tuition fees up front because they are spread out. And what else do I need to say? Well, the rules, yes, the rules are actually pretty simple. Attend all the classes you signed up to and get 50% cashback reward at the end. It is indeed challenging. So make sure you are ready for this task. Ask yourself if you are willing to dedicate your time and energy to something for the next three months. But if you are, then get excited for a really fun experience that will level up your language skills. And always please check all the, the rules carefully before signing up. 
And I also want to mention how if something happens and, and you can't attend all your lessons and, and you, you can't get the cashback reward, the classes themselves certainly don't cost an arm and a leg. Um, I think the general English classes work out to be around 11 to 13 euros each, which for a small group class with a trained native teacher is brilliant. And what I have always felt passionate about in regards to this concept that Lingoda have designed in the urgency that the sprint offers. From start to finish, your motivation is through the roof due to the monetary reward. And throughout the three months, the real reward of increased speaking confidence actually takes over. And because you're doing it every day, it's possible to actually see the change in your skills, even if right now you feel stuck at that intermediate plateau. And then you'll realize it's not about getting the money back. It's about continuing this winning streak of progress with your language skills, which very cleverly turns this kind of fear-based motivation of losing the money and what we call an away from goal into a towards goal, meaning gaining something such as fluency in a foreign language. And this constant positive reinforcement every day for three months can genuinely create a lasting habit of a successful language learning daily routine that can obviously go far beyond the three month sprint. And the final brilliant thing I want to mention is that, as I said, if for some reason you miss some classes, the motivation is still there to make every class worth it. So even if you lost, you'd still come out on top because what you're here for, what you're tuning in to this episode for, I imagine, is to improve your language skills. And that is without question achieved with any decent speaking class that you do every day. So the Lingo de Language Sprint, in in my opinion, is the best thing since sliced bread. And I love telling you guys about it because I really believe in it. In the past, I've seen some people miss out due to limited spaces. So if you're keen, don't wait until July 16th. I'd act now, secure your space, and then you can limber up for the start of a new you on August the 2nd. 2021. Again, the link is in the show notes below. And remember to use the voucher code BEP, BEP, the British English Podcast. Uh, That will get you 20 euros off the 49 euro deposit. Okay, so good luck if you decide to join the sprint. And um, as this episode is getting a bit long already, I've put the definitions of the advanced phrases I used in this section of the promo in the free worksheet. So go get that in the link below. And uh, yeah, let's continue with the rest of the conversation. What about the um, the class-based system that we have? Do you think that has anything mm. to do with the awkwardness of maybe having more money than somebody else yeah potentially i mean i was baffled when i found out that america doesn't really have this class-based system where kind of everyone is kind of on an equal footing or they might do to some extent they might have the richer people and the poorer people but there's no class-based system whereas in the uk there's kind of a very clear divide of that person's working class this person's middle class that person's very upper class from years ago but it still seems to have its place today. Sadly, I don't think it should be there, but I think it is there. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) yes, yes. Um, 
but actually I, I might I might probe even further um for for your own personal life so mm-hmm. i noticed uh on social media that you uh were comfortable talking about your sexuality mm-hmm. and i was wondering if you have noticed a difference in the gay community in the uk versus america at all um well i'm not the biggest expert on being gay in america cuz i don't live there and i don't have i don't think i have any gay american friends but obviously i have an american audience on youtube so when i came out online lots of my experience was with my american audience so i can sort of talk about how i think the perceptions might be a bit different um firstly i was a bit more scared to come out sort of let's say in the usa than the uk having an american audience why because well i feel like they are both countries are christian countries as we know um however i think the uk is slightly more progressive and is maybe less people identify themselves as christian even though traditionally we're a christian country not many people are practicing christians whereas in the us i think it's a lot more widespread it's a lot more common particularly in the southern states they tend to be a lot more conservative and because of that i think it was a bit scarier to uh a bit more scary to come out to american people because i thought what are they going to think they're going to hate me they're going to unsubscribe they're not going to follow me they're going to tell me that i'm wrong um but that didn't happen and it really surprised me and even though lots of my followers identify as christians or even conservative christians everyone was so lovely and so kind and supportive that it really surprised me it was a stereotype i think i had in my head that perhaps doesn't exist or maybe it does but i was just lucky who knows i think we've got to remember that stereotypes aren't always true even though they're interesting to talk about and and generally we feel it but subjective mm. subjectivity always trumps i think doesn't it yeah definitely i mean uh, other than the other factor that like i think gay marriage is still illegal in certain states um and in the uk it's been legal here for many years so there's that difference as well where you're like oh i forget i tend to think of america as being a very progressive westernized culture and it is in many ways but when it comes to issues of sexuality or lgbtq plus stuff it's maybe slightly behind the uk is it fair to say that the coasts are more progressive and then the the middle would be more conservative yeah i think so i think it works similarly in the uk london tends to be more progressive than um sort of the more rural parts and yeah likewise california is a very uh sort of progressive state and the same as new york and any of those cultural hot spots whereas the sort of more rural you go yeah the less diverse people's opinions are yeah and before i go on to tell you how you can get your hands on the rest of this conversation I'd like to remind you of the amazing opportunity available for those who act soon secure their place for the Lingoda language sprint. It's been running for more than 3 years and the concept is proven by many successful students all over the world. So if you are ready to commit to an intensive language learning program and dramatically improve your confidence in just 3 months, then sign up now with my code BEP or simply click the link below and get 20 euros discount off your deposit. 
Don't forget to check out their FAQ section on the Lingoda website to know the ins and outs of the sprint. You can find the link in the description box or show notes below or simply Google Lingoda. But don't forget to use that coupon code to get yourself 20 euros off the deposit. And also that tells Lingoda that I should be sponsored again and that will give me more content to give to you for free. As I said before, if you did want to listen to the sponsor-free episodes in the future, then you can sign up to my website, thebritishenglishpodcast.com, and become either a premium podcast or academy member. And that leads me on to where you can hear part two and part three of this conversation, which is over at thebritishenglishpodcast.com. So if you enjoyed listening to this conversation between myself and Joel and want to hear more, then there is plenty more for you to have with transcripts, extended glossaries, and a whole academy interactive lesson for you to better understand the native expressions that we use in the conversations. So again, that's the thebritishenglishpodcast.com. But if that's all you're here for today, then I will say thank you very much. I have left Joel's information below. So check out his YouTube channels. He's, I think he's got about three of them. So um, definitely enjoy his content. And uh, yeah, I will say thank you very much for sticking around to the end. My name is Charlie and I will see you next time here on the British English Podcast. Bye for now. Bye.